0: Are now, listening to Pursuit Cast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC, may it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Pursuit Cast. Uh, we have a very special treat for you today, a uh, very special guest in Redding, California. I have the privilege of sitting with Pastor Eric Johnson. Hey, Pastor Eric, how are you? I'm doing well. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for taking time. Um, we're in the middle of a conference, but yep. uh, you have time to just hang out, so we really appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, for those who are listening, if you could kind of share about who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. My name is Eric, as you mentioned, and uh, my wife and I. My wife's name is Candice, and uh, we are co senior pastors uh, Bethel church here in Redding, California. Mm-hmm. And, um, we've been, uh, we, man, we've been in part of Bethel for a long time, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandparents pastored this church in the seventies and eighties. The and then my parent came here in 96. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, we've been here a total, I think about 15 ish years. And, uh, so we um, have been in this role of senior pastors for about seven years now. Wow. You know, we have two daughters, an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. Man, so, crazy times, I guess. Yeah, a full-blown teenage and getting ready to graduate one of them in June. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, yeah we, we love our family. We love what we do. We're, it's a privilege to be a part of this house and, sure. and what God's doing
0: through Bethel. That's amazing. Um, I know that you've been sh- you just shared that you and your wife are the co-senior leaders, mm-hmm. senior pastors of the church here. Yeah. Um, what would you say that helped you come, you know, rise into this leadership thing. I feel like, um, as a young leader still, Mm -hmm. and and a lot of our listeners are young leaders, uh, what did you commit to back then that's helping you lead and, you know, the size of the ministry and its impact like it's what a, helped you then that
1: you can look back to now? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm to give you a quick backstory. I'm 6th generation pastor on my dad's side, mm-hmm. and fourth generation Christian on my mom's side. Wow! So I come from a very strong Christian heritage. Um, and to be honest with you, um, I never planned on being in ministry. Wow! Uh, it wasn't because of a negative attitude or a negative experience. It wasn't because I was a PK. I loved being a PK, mm. which is a pastor's kid. Yeah. For those of you that don't know that, uh, that's lingo in the Christian mm. world. Um, but I never, I never had um, uh, a desire to be in ministry or be a pastor. But it wasn't because of a hurt or negative. It was just like, man, I just want to do it. My passion was in sports. I wanted to play wow. sports, and that's what I gave my life to. And all the way, all the way through my childhood, through my teenage years. And my parents were very supportive of it. They're like, man, that's what you're passionate about. Let's give your life to. it." And so for me to be in this position now, you know, forty, you know, I'm 42 right now, mm-hmm. or 42 next month, um, it, it's kind of comical if you would ask me in my teens what I mm-hmm. see. My, no, absolutely not. You know, so it wasn't until about 19, 20 years old, um, through a series of events, I, I, I thought, you know, this is, this is what I'm supposed to give my life to. And I did I mm-hmm. jumped in. I never saw myself being a pastor, even I, I'm ready to do ministry, love the church and etc. really loved missions, but I never saw myself as a pastor mm-hmm. and uh, so to be in this position again is, is comical yeah you know um, let's see not that long ago I was pastoring a youth group of 75 kids mm-hmm. you know not that long ago, you know when we stepped into this role. It was six years before that that we were pastoring 75 kids in a youth group. So to go from that to this in about six, seven years, and now, you know, Mm. like I said, it's been 15 years total since we've been back at Bethel. So it's just funny all the way around. I think it's important. You know, I know there's some out there, this is what they dream Mm. about, this is what they want to do, and and the Lord's on that. But for me, the story is a little different in that uh, I wasn't running from God, it just wasn't one in my heart. Mm. But when it dropped in my heart, then it was like, man, this is what I was made for. You know, I want to give myself to the church for the rest of my life. I love the church. I love what the church can do for a city, for a nation. I love the ability to export what God's doing in this house yeah. and be a part of the global church. And so it's, uh, it's like, oh, I was made for this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I kind of stumbled upon it, if yeah. you will. And, uh, so that's very brief, but that's, that's, uh, that's kind of... How I got here I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I, I feel like that's kind of in the
0: theme. You know, at least I'm getting from you know, the leadership here and just build, yeah. the things that you guys are building and stewarding. It's kind of like there's an intentionality to it. But you know, how can you plan
1: something like this? We just kind of lean into what God's saying and doing, and then what it looks like, we'll find out. Yeah. And then we look back and go, "Wow, that was really cool." You uh-huh. know, so it, it, That's why we call it the experiment. Yeah. The uh, sure. big journey. Uh, what What's something that
0: you know, if you could go back in time and, and tell yourself then, you know, 14 years ago or 13 years ago yeah. when you're, you know, leading that youth group, you know, mm-hmm. what's something that you could, you wish you could go back and there's one thing you could tell yourself, you know, from now and then, like, what would you tell yourself? That's a great
1: question. Um, probably one of the first thing is I would have asked more questions mm. to learn. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes as a 20-year-old, uh, there's a lot of confidence. Uh, there's a lot of um Yeah, just a lot of, like, assurance, like, I know what I'm doing. You know, Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of that going on. Which Some of it's true. A lot of ambition and, Mm -hmm. you know, drive. And sometimes, I think Mm sometimes those those ingredients uh, put us in a place where we don't actually ask a lot of questions to learn. You know, I heard my uh, my uncle, who's my youth pastor, he... Mm -hmm. He Says something like that in your 20s, you think you know everything, in your 30s, you start realizing you don't know everything, and then in your 40s, you're like, I don't have a clue what I'm doing, <laughs> yeah. and it's and it, it, there's some truth to it. And so, I think for 20 year old specifically, maybe even in a 30 year old, like just be really good at asking questions from people that are ahead of you, mm. and um, just, just ask everyone, just learn, just learn. So, if I would have come if I could go back in time, mm-hmm. and I was pretty good at it, but I wish I did it more, yeah, and um, okay. because. I look at, I tell our church, I tell our staff, our leadership, I say, you know, the stuff that I'm teaching on and doing is stuff that I learned 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm. You know, so it wasn't like, oh, I got this yesterday. It's stuff that, it, because I pursued it. What would it have been like if I actually asked more questions mm. and leaned in even more then? Then I would have a much deeper well, much bigger well to pull from into today. Mm. So that's probably what I would tell myself uh, 15 years ago. Yeah, that's good.
0: Um, as a leader, uh, what are some of the non-negotiables that that you have and you protect, um, especially yeah. as you lead? You know, such an influential church, mm-hmm. global influence, global impact. Like, what are the non-negotiables yeah. that you protect mm-hmm. in your life?
1: I mean, the given would be my relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, that's non-negotiable, for sure, my highest priority in life. Uh, so, but beyond that, to be honest with you, um, I mean, I have my family. I mean, they're they're given, like God and mm-hmm. my family. Yeah. Those are all given, but to make it practical for whoever's listening, I would probably say, you know, um, manage yourself well. Um, learn to learn to learn how you function and operate. Because if you can learn to take care of yourself really well, and I don't mean become lazy, to become mm-hmm. lackadaisical. I don't mean that. I mean like you know to manage your emotion, manage your spirit, manage your mind. When you learn to take care of yourself well then your capacity, your ability, your potential of the leader just begin to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of leaders that work really hard, but they don't actually manage themselves well. Yeah. And so I, my advice would be, my non-negotiable, as you asked, is that's my non-negotiable. If I take care of myself well, then I know that I can be a phenomenal leader, a phenomenal follower of Jesus a phenomenal husband, phenomenal mm-hmm. dad. All of that for me is because I've just learned to manage myself well and learning, I should say. Yeah. Learning to manage my heart, manage what my what my thought life is like. And if I do that well, everything seems to be just much better, if not thriving. Yeah, that's good. So, I mean, I've heard it
0: said that the, the the most selfless thing you could do is self-care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not... It's true. You know, like, I think even on an airplane, like... Even if an oxygen mask comes down it says you put it on first, then you help others. Yeah, exactly. you know, so
1: that's awesome. yeah making sure you have enough deposits into your you know, into your quote unquote bank account mm-hmm. so you can make withdrawals. Yeah, that's I fair. think a lot of leaders we get into massive withdrawals where we just start taking tons of stuff out of our tank, out of our out of our life, but we don't actually fill it back up. And I think it's important as a leader to really be good at that and manage that. And the older I've gotten, the more attuned, more in tune I've gotten with just my own heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I actually made a shift. This is, oh, man, five, six, maybe a little longer ago. I sat down with my assistant and I said, you know, I want to make a, an adjustment of how we look at my life and my time. I want to move from time management to energy management. Yeah, that's good. And it's a totally different way of thinking and approach. And it would that was part of my journey. Like, okay, um, how do I move from time management to energy management? And so, my schedule, my time, what I spend myself doing, it based on it based a lot on that. Mm. That's good.
0: Thanks for having the yeah. time and energy for this interview. Uh, totally. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I think I think one of the things that I've been wondering too, because mm-hmm. I think our ministry is young um, mm-hmm. and our influence is growing. You know, yep. in Jesus' name, but. Uh, one of the challenges that we're starting to face is criticism and opinions of others and and Mm -hmm. a lot of different things because of what we're going after. And and I know, obviously, at Bethel, it's a bigger target. Um, How do you
1: navigate that as a leader? Yeah, you know, it's never fun. Uh, It's never fun getting criticized, you know, especially when the the criticism feels inaccurate. Or, oh, they don't know the whole story, or it feels like, Whoa, 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 you know, when it gets that, that's hard. When you feel genuinely misunderstood and mm-hmm. that's not fun, but you know, you, you can't please everyone. We know that sure. that's really easier said than done. Cause mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, we all care on some level. Um, but I think my advice to leaders would be make sure you have fathers and mothers above you mm-hmm. that can correct you where needed. So let's say the criticism comes in and it hurts and we'll find out, you know, is this, is this, is this true? If it is, then, boy, you want a father and a mother speaking into your life to bring correction, redirection, a rebuke, whatever. You want to make sure you're covered. So my advice, especially for you guys as a young ministry, is that make sure you have people that are actually um, over you in mm. age, too. Not yeah. just someone that's, you know, a year old, like someone that's truly a mom and a dad or a grandma and a grandpa that's really bringing that spiritual leadership Cause that that all it doesn't help to just correct, rebuke, or redirect you. It also helps to cover you. Mm-hmm. There's something about spiritual covering that is a, is a lost conversation in the church right yeah. now because it's been abused. But the Lord really does care about spiritual covering. It's clear as day, and I think we just need to do a better job of understanding what the Lord had in mind about that versus the abuses that maybe people have experienced of being covered. Sure. And so, but there's something about being covered. So I think for us. We, we have a, a uh, relational network of people that really do cover mm-hmm. us with the target on our back. Um, and that, um, the other thing is, if, uh, if it's in the area of theology, mm-hmm. or you know, that teaching is heresy or you know, anything of that arena, then you know, that's where we kind of go, okay, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, where is it in scripture? Uh, you know, and so that's where you know we try hard to keep a majority of our our content that we teach and preach and live it majority of it have to be rooted in scripture, yes, and we you know there are moments where we talk about something that might be what we would call extra biblical mm-hmm. um you know those are those are like, hey, but if we make extra biblical our main message, then that that's not good for sure, so we worked really hard to try to hey, we stay within the confines of scripture. But there is room to explore. Now, what I'm not implying is that we explore some (laughs) crazy theology or some weird idea. I'm not implying that. Mm -hmm. But we also know that there are some things that are hard to find in scripture. There's an idea or a concept. And so when it comes to theology, that's a harder one to go, you know, how do you how do you handle that? So what we do, if someone says, Hey, you teach this and there's nowhere in the Bible and let's say they say it's heresy. Then we kind of bring it to our team of people that are uh, theological, our mm-hmm. theologians, and we talk to people in our movement, our house, and so we work through that. Mm-hmm. And if we're confident that like, no, this is this is where we're at, and that's where we're at, yeah. And so, but uh, you know, at the same time, most of the people that criticize, at least in our experience, are people that have never been here, mm-hmm. have no relationship with that, and don't know the context. And so they hear something, watch YouTube. Yeah. You know, I, I love this old quote, uh, Abraham Lincoln said it, don't believe everything you read on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see you know, it, it. It's a great reminder. So I, I yeah. encourage people, you know, anybody that's criticized anybody, mm-hmm. and most of them are at a distance. It's mm-hmm. easier to throw stone from a distance mm, than right. it is when you're in a relationship. And uh, and so some of that comes with that. So anyway, those are some of the things. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you
0: being very candid and, yeah. and open about that and... And I think I heard Chris Valton say one time, like, according to YouTube, he's both a, a true prophet and a false prophet. Totally. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I appreciate that. Yep. Um, at our ministry, Pursuit NYC, our vision statement is revival or bust. And yep. that's just what we're going after yep. and what we're believing for in our region, mm-hmm. in, in our nation, across the nations, in our generation, where we just want to see revival and nothing, yep. nothing else. Like, that's what we're going to give
1: our yep. lives to. Um, how would you personally define that word revival? It's a great word. Um, you know, there's three key words for us, revival, transformation, and reformation. Mm. So revival, um, you know, there's so many definitions. Uh, everyone has their own definition. You know, there's obviously the, the dictionary definition, and mm-hmm. then are definitions that maybe come from an experience that we had, or definitions that come from what we've seen take place in history, or even in our own time. One of my favorite definitions of revival is where there where there was death is now life. Mm-hmm. So me to bring something back to life that was dead, mm-hmm. to be revived. I love that, and that's so applicable to so many expressions. I think when we talk about church and Christianity, uh, especially in Western culture, mm-hmm. most people think of long meetings, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit shows up, people on the ground, yeah. you know, and the week and go for weeks on end, which, Honestly, historically, it's obvious that, that, that what we would call revival meetings. And, I, and I'm not saying it's not, but that is. But it's not the only sure. um, expression or manifestation of the word revival. So revival, for me, I like the, a broader view on it um, mm-hmm. without negating or diminishing a really great revival meeting. I love those. I live in them all the time. Mm-hmm. But so for me, it's where there was death, there was life. You know, where, where there was uh, the presence of God, and there isn't one, where the presence of God comes back in. Where marriages are dying, mm-hmm. life is brought back in. It's just in healing in every area. So I love that definition. You know, the other thing with revival, revival essentially, you know, according to us, it should lead to transformation of a person's life. Mm-hmm. It should lead to transformation of a city. Yeah. It should lead to transformation of states, nations, etc., and then another byproduct of revival is reformation. Mm-hmm. You know how do you take an existing institution, an existing structure, an existing thing, and it gets reformed in such a way that it brings beauty, it brings wonder, it brings it brings glory back to the King. And so those are really those three words are really key for us mm-hmm. here. And so um, the long ex- explanation, but uh, that's my definition of revival. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what are some of the things that?
0: Uh, you as a leader and and as a ministry as a church that you've given yourself to, to be able to see revival, you know, in, in a tangible way. Or mm-hmm. um, obviously, you know, the presence of God is has to be the cornerstone. But mm-hmm. what are some of the other things that you guys proactively do and go after to yeah. see revival and transformation and
1: yeah. reformation? Uh, you you listed the first one, presence of God. That's massive for us. Uh, we like to live from the present, not going not just to the present, but actually yeah. living in his present and from that. You know, my dad had this statement and said, you know, we are presence-driven leadership. Mm, we all need leaders from the present. So that yeah. that really is huge for us. Uh, some of the other things that we're going after, you know, one of the things that I'm passionate about, my wife is we all are actually here, is for some odd reason a lot of people separate family from revival. Mm. What I mean by that is, sometimes churches feel attention, or ministries, or, or people feel attention. Do I go after revival, or do I go after community? Which one, you know? And um, I don't know if it, I don't know if the younger generation experiences that, but I would say maybe my generation and the one above me. There's at least in church leaders that I interact with. There seem to be a Do we go all out for God, or do we preserve community? And it's like it would never uh, either or. Yeah. You yeah, know, if you look at the book of Acts, it was very clear that revival and community were one and the same. Mm-hmm. You know, when you read, especially for the first six chapters of the book of Acts, you see these these verses they say, you know, thousands were added daily. Mm-hmm. They ate bread together, fellowship together, prayed together, and studied together. Yeah. So all of this all of this movement revival was would, would basically consisting of people that were doing community together. Yeah. So that's something we're really going after, is that this isn't a If we all go after God and lose community, or if we all go after community and not have the president. No, it's all one and the same. Mm. And so that's something we're really going after. Um, In some ways, preserving, but not just preserving it, but also facilitating it and, uh, and seeing it increase. You know, sometimes you think when you get bigger, you lose community. That's not true. Scripture, I don't think that's what God had in mind. Yeah. Now, let's be clear. That the bigger you get, you have to be way more intentional to stay and be in community. So it doesn't mean it's not work. It's totally a lot of work. You know, if the church of our size, with the amount of influence we have, people coming in from all over the world like yourself, which we, we consider an honor, a deep honor, um, we have to be very intentional. Like yeah. it doesn't just happen. I have to be very, very intentional. So that's something we're going after. Another thing we're going after is we're really passionate about our city. You know, you've been here at this conference and you know heard Chris last night. You know, that's that's the message of the house. What did it look like to see not just revival happen in a church, but how did the city get transformed, go through reformation? How did that happen? And it has to go beyond just desiring it, it has to go beyond just wanting it. There has to be action. And so we're really in a high action. Process like doing stuff, experimenting, and so going after a city. Probably the third. There's probably more, but the other one would be. We really are hungry to see greater breakthrough in the area of signs and wonders. Mm. We still have people that come to our house, or that we that we come across that are still mentally ill. Mm. Um, they still still have autism. Or still have cancer. You know, still in a wheelchair. You know, one of our one thing that guts us is. Someone comes here from another part of the country with a wheelchair, and they leave in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. That's not what we want. So we're really passionate about seeing just a greater manifestation of healing, signs, and wonders.
0: Yeah, amen,
1: yeah. amen. So I think,
0: even for me, it's encouraging to hear, you know, like Bethel Church. Like, you know, for me, it's like, man, I want to see the breakthrough that this church is seeing, but yet to hear that you guys are wanting more, contending more to see, Absolutely. To see it. Absolutely. That, that 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 fires me up. So. Good. Um, couple rapid fire questions mm-hmm. as we wrap up our time here. Um, what's
1: the best part of being a pastor at Bethel? Beth Bar- you know, I love our people. Mm. Um, mm. Our church is the main thing, our staff is. I mean, we, I, we, all of us, say that our greatest resource here is people. Mm. And we just have some of the most wonderful quality people in this environment and it's just an absolute treat to be here with them it really is yeah it's cool. cool and what, i'm supposed to say that yeah. but i genuinely yeah. mean it Amen. like i mean, these people I, our team i take a bullet for them i mean mm. it's, we just love our teams yeah what's the worship song that's on repeat for you these oh songs? man oh geez you know uh it's gonna be a few so okay, i yeah. can i say a few of them yeah of course um I just Wanna Worship from Christine DeMarco. Okay. On her new album, um, All Hail King Jesus from Riddle. Mm. And then So Will I from uh, Hillsong yeah, United. That, yeah, that's awesome. Those three are kind of on my most recent playlist yeah. I just kind of keep playing those. Uh there's more, but those are three that are oh. really just uh The War Is Over from Josh Baldwin. Mm. Um I better stop. Yeah, it. yeah. The, the you can just of, list like
0: all yeah. the the songs coming out of this house. Yeah. Uh what are some of the books that you've read that's you know, been stirring you up recently.
1: You know, I I haven't finished it yet, and I'm loving it. I'm um, probably about halfway, two thirds through it. It's from Doctor Ravi Zacharias. Okay. And it's called Jesus Among Secular Gods. Mm. And uh, it's, I'm loving it. It's such a great book. Uh, so that book, I'm reading right now. Um, there's another one I'm about to open up. I forget the title of it, but it talks a lot about. Um, how the Bible is actually at the very root of Western culture. Mm, yeah. yeah. I forget the name of the book, but it's a pretty thick guy. But I'm like, oh, I can't wait to open yeah. that one up.
0: Well, that's yeah. good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much Absolutely. for uh, hanging out with us, sharing your heart and uh, wisdom to our listeners, to myself. And uh, uh, how can people connect with you online, on social, are yeah. some handles and links?
1: Yeah. Um, Instagram, ericj 76 that's my Instagram. Uh, Twitter, I believe it's the same. Facebook, I don't pay attention to Facebook very often. <laughs> if you message me there, I most likely won't won't read it. Yeah. And then obviously you can come to uh, Bethel.com as well. and We have a podcast called uh, Bethel Church Sermon of the Week. Sure. So those are some of the ways to uh, follow us and be in connection with us. Yeah, awesome.
0: Uh, well, thank you, Pastor Eric. Mm-hmm. And thank you to our audience for tuning in. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes coming your way. God bless. See you, guys. Thank you for listening to PursuitCast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.